When looking at a country's history over the past 88 years of World Cup competition, it isn't surprising if the name of a country changes a time or two. But it would be unusual for that to happen four times, which is exactly the history of this week's team. They've not only competed, but qualified for the World Cup as four separate countries. The Kingdom of Yugoslavia, the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, Serbia and Montenegro, and then finally, Serbia. But regardless of the name, the commonality of all of these countries are the people, primarily Serbs. A South Slavic ethnic group, the Serbs' history in the region goes back to the Middle Ages, a rich history which can be seen easily through the customs and culture of their primary religion, Eastern Orthodox. In the modern era, though, there is a new tradition among Serbs, sporting excellence. Just in the past 20 years alone, this relatively small country has exported over 20 NBA players, had the number one ranked male and female tennis players, and of course, produced many elite football stars. And the World Cup team hasn't been too shabby either, with five quarterfinal appearances and three semifinal appearances throughout their history. But having not qualified in 2014, and with two group stage exits before that, the Serbs, no stranger to change, will be looking to change their trend line in the positive direction this year. This week on Joe Picks a World Cup Team, Serbia. States know football, but not football, it seems. So now he needs a surrogate. Dan will help him look for it. They'll have decisions to make, like how much genocide's a deal break. Joe picks a World Cup team. He's crossing borders to find out who's for him. What more could you ask for? It's time to stamp your Joe picking passport. So grab your bottle and pour. Let's hope he doesn't start a war. Wow, Dan, what what, uh, what happened to Montenegro? Are we going to get into it? I mean, what I, this is, there's a whole checkered history with all of this stuff. I'm sure we're going to get into it in the the relevant sections. But I did some some basic research. Montenegro is now its own independent country. That uh, you know. <laughs> The various leaders of uh, Serbia throughout their history have uh, won. I mean, Yugoslavia was a combination of like what's now like four different countries. And one of those countries, Kosovo, is still like in question, according to Serbia right now. So <laughs> it's really a weird thing, though, where I'm doing this research. Like, I know that, you know, if you're like a king and you're sitting in your throne and you've got you live in a castle and... You know, you've got a bunch of, you know, people out there, whatever, whether it's the Middle Ages or whether it's right now, that there is certainly a dynamic where, like, rich people sit around and, you know, poor people are out in the fields or doing work or whatever. And but I understood in history where it's like if you're a king, it's really like a dick measuring contest, like my territory is bigger than yours. I right. my kingdom's totally. bigger. But I don't understand what the big holdup now it like. If there is a small part of your like country that wants to be independent, you know, let's apply this to the United States. If California, for example, and I'm picking California because like if I use the example of like say the Dakotas wanted to secede, you know, the question is like, do you wh- why 
why do you care so? Like, why would the government care so much? No, but I think that they totally, I think, so the problem is, first of all, you have two two problems. One is like California leaving would like set a bad precedent because then like five other states would want to leave. Like you have to, it's for the integrity of the union that they would have to really fight against it. Secondly, I think every time you look at this, there's going to be some like resource or something that 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 area offers. Like it's the same thing with Morocco and that like why they give a shit about the, you know, East Sahara or West Sahara. The the juicy phosphate. They want that phosphate. Right. So it's like if, if there were a region that wanted to like go it alone, odds are it's because they feel like they have, they, that, that they have like a GDP that could be supported, right? That they're producing enough of whatever they're producing to be their own country, which means that they're, their the 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 dominant country is going to want to keep them yeah but it, so in, in in the case of serbia and kosovo and again i'm not an expert on this at all and i'm sure we're going to get into this uh in the research more often but it, it's it's just an issue where like one area serbia is primarily serbs and kosovo and and you know this this actually happened with these, these other countries in yugoslavia i actually learned i was like what does yugoslavia mean yugoslavia literally means like the kingdom of Yugoslavia literally means the kingdom of the South Slavic. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's what they like. The um, Serbs are a type of South Slavic people. And there are other types of South Slavic people that all were in like Croatia and whatever. Like they were all uh, in this kingdom of Yugoslavia. And then now it's broken into a bunch of countries. But like Kosovo is not full of Slavs. It's full of a different group, which happens to be Muslims. But it's just like... If they want to be their own country so badly, just like let it go, like just right, yeah. I just don't understand because because I think like in the Civil War, the South wanted to secede, but the South essentially wanted to secede because they're like we want to have slaves, and the North was like, hey, you know, the, there were a lot of reasons they didn't want them to secede, but I mean, part of it was like we think slavery is bad and we don't want you know, we're fighting against slavery in addition to, like, fighting for you to keep in. And I just don't think, like, I don't think it's like Kosovo's, like, we want to have this crazy country with no laws or whatever. They just, like, we just want to be our own country with our own government. Yeah, I mean, look, I get it, and I think you're right to a, to an extent, but I think that um, that normally the country that's trying to break away will have something that the other country wants, and, like, they're normally, I would guess, I would say, like, the more like subjugated people. Right. So yeah, of yeah. course the dominant energy be like, yeah, like we want to keep you and also keep fucking you over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will sure. say though, I will say I really like countries with and in it like Trinidad and Tobago, Turks and Caicos, Like, there's not enough of that. Well, I think in the past it was like, I mean, now it's like, it was like Serbia and Montenegro. Now they're just, there is Serbia and Montenegro. They're just two separate countries. So I, it, right. it is, I think that's, I mean, I, I actually don't know. Is Trinidad and Tobago, like, what, are those, like, two separate islands or something? What is that? I think they must be, yeah. It's Trinidad and Tobago, but they've decided to, like, go it together. And one day, Tobago might be like, no, Trinidad, we're done. We're out. We're done. We're, we've been carrying this World Cup team for too long. Yeah. We want our own go at it. I mean, Turks and Caicos is definitely islands. You'd actually have to imagine, specifically for World Cup, it's brilliant to team up. Like, they should actually do, like, Turks and Caicos and Trinidad and Tobago and just, like, pool their best players to really have a shot. 
Well, I wonder what the rules are about that because, you know, I was just looking this up as we were talking about it. I don't know what um, Serbia is ranked. Obviously, we're going to get into it. But Montenegro is ranked 46th in the world. Wow. In their FIFA ranking. So you have to think that, like, there's there's some there's some loss. I mean, you look at, like, um, when you look at the historical World Cup wins, there was a bunch of of um, years when West Germany won it or or was in the final. And you're like, if it was just all of Germany at that point, they would have been dominant for a decade. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, more than a decade because it's only two World Cups. But, but whatever. <laughs> I think the 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 data does back it up though. When I was saying like when they were the Kingdom of Yugoslavia or even the you know socialist Federal Republic when they were communist, they were doing really well yeah, in the World Cup. Like yeah. they were. I mean, they weren't like qualifying every time. They weren't what I would classify as a powerhouse. But look, if you're making the semifinal multiple times, or if you're making the quarterfinal, like that's pretty goddamn impressive. And they were doing that in the past, and and as they've been going it on their own, even even with Montenegro, even even those two combined, they uh, they haven't had the same success. Well, it's especially confusing that the United Kingdom, which I think, for the purposes of well, obviously, like Premier League soccer is the entire UK, and I think this could be totally wrong, but I think for the Olympics they compete as the United Kingdom. But then for the World Cup, obviously, like, Wales has its own team. England has its own team, which is, like, which is pretty problematic when you have Gareth Bale running around on the Welsh team, and he would be such an asset to the English team. Yeah, yeah. Look, Wales is going to come up uh, later in this uh, podcast. But, yeah, it is it is interesting that they do split up. I mean, I don't know why they do it. it is, I do wonder what the official you know, requirements are for your country to, like, enter in the qualifying cycle, you know? Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, maybe um, Superfan Bez can like enlighten us on it, or one of our other um, English fans. But I imagine my guess is that it has more to do with Wales wanting to be its own country in the World Cup than any FIFA rules. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine if you're like a Welsh person, you just want to play football. Like, if you are on the, you know, if you're competing in England, like your odds of making the team are like nothing basically but if it's right. just whales like your odds are pretty high i would say well, i mean not pretty high but like by comparison you know much much higher but would it be like california saying like uh, you know we want to have our own world cup team well considering that the u.s itself can't qualify maybe we, we, we're best <laughs> pooling our talent but yeah hey, maybe california could devote more attention to it Look, I'm not going to lie. The way the country is going, the California independence thing, which I once scoffed at, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, maybe we should give that a shot. Maybe we should. If it, or, or, were, if it were on your ballot tomorrow, how would you vote? Uh, I, I would have to, you know, research it. But I'll tell you, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an automatic no. Like, I, I do think there are some good yeah. arguments to be made that the United States as a whole is in decline and there are systematic problems with the way the government runs. And, you know, it's a big – the United States is a really huge country. And, you know, people have become experts at optimizing how power works. And, you know, I think if you the, – the smaller scale you make something, I think the, the better it is. Like, for example, I just think, like – if the House of Representatives had 5,000 people instead of 500, like it would be so much harder to like buy elections or whatever. Right. And 
you know, if you look at the state level, like you're obviously an expert in politics, like how many people are in the Washington state, whatever Congress, like how many people are in their two houses of Congress? Oh, well, there's uh, 49 districts and there's two house members from each and one senator from each. So, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, there so you go. have 150 yeah. people just for the state of Washington, right, right. whereas w- in the actual House of Representatives, you have like, what, 10 people or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just much better. You, more like when you're it's it's insane that your entire state is represented wow, by at, like ten people. You knew ten right off right off the bat there. That's great. You, I mean, you know I was just the, a guess. Washington. Well, it's actually well. I mean, it's ten districts and then two two senators. So yeah, I yeah. Guess. But the, the whole thing is is uh, it it feels like when countries get too big, it's, it's a real problem. Like I'm I'm support. That's why there should be more countries. Like why can't you make a country? Like it's. I feel like if California leaves. You should take Oregon and Washington with you. Oh, I think that's the see. That's why I would actually be interested in like holding on to the ballot a little bit because I think the like Western Republic or the like Western Union. Although I guess yeah. that's uh, that's copyrighted already. Well, no, I mean it could be like a sponsorship deal, <laughs> like a naming rights sponsored by Western Union. The Western Union, Western Union, boom. Yeah. You got the. Though of course, the then like after, after a while, Western Union couldn't afford it, and then it would be just become like the Capital One Union. <laughs> Capital One Western Union. <laughs> I like that. That's good. But I do, actually I like when the like stadiums are named after like defunct companies, like the uh, <laughs> yeah. the Sports Authority Stadium in uh, in Denver. R- right. The the only thing Sports Authority is now is a stadium. Yeah. 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 All right. Anyways, Joe. We've got to move on, but I'm not going to move on to football just yet because I have something going on in my life that is a real problem, Joe. I've acquired a new pet, but not a pet that I want. A raccoon is now spending significant time in my backyard. And in fact, just walking to this podcast, I have to go out of my house into my garage and the raccoon is just hanging out by the entrance to the garage and it's just like dicking around down there. And it's a real problem. It's not afraid of people. Why it, is it not afraid of you? It, is it is it rabid? No, it's not rabid. It's just a, it's just a normal raccoon. It's just like hanging out, drinking water, rummaging through stuff, and you know it knows I'm not going to hurt it. It doesn't like when I spray it with a hose, but otherwise it doesn't really care about me one way or the other. Which is a real problem because how long has this raccoon been around? Well, the raccoon first made its appearance about three weeks ago. At which oh point, my God, he's adopted you. I, well, no. So I'm just going to tell you the saga of this raccoon. So first I spotted it in the backyard, but it, it wasn't that big of a deal. I thought it was a one-time thing. Then a couple days later, I'm downstairs working in the garage. I had the upstairs door open and uh, with the screen door closed, as I often do, so the cats can run in and out, and, you know, cools the house down. And then, you know, I'm working and I, I go outside and it's dark. You know, I've been working from when it was daylight to, to when it was dark. And I was like, uh-oh. Because, you know, raccoons come out at night. So sure. I walk I walk upstairs. And what do I see? The raccoon is walking out of the house. What? <laughs> the raccoon had what been in the house. What was he doing in there? I don't know. I don't know how long he'd been in there. All I know is I walked into the house. The raccoon is just walking. It just walks right down the stairs right by me. And inside... <laughs> My two cats are both on the counter, and they both have their like tails like poofed out. Oh, so to, they like, were not they were not okay with it. No, they're not okay with it. I mean, the raccoon's like destroying their life, and it's destroying my life because 
we had the litter box. We kept it outside, which is, you know, good because cat litter, A, smells like cat litter, and B, it smells like cat shit. And so it was great. But now I've had to move it inside because we can't let the cats roam in and out freely because the raccoon will then roam in and out freely. So I'm basically having to build a raccoon-proof fence for in my entire backyard so I can keep the raccoons out, which is a major annoyance. And now the raccoon is just... When I leave the the garage from this thing, there's going to be a raccoon there, and I'm going to have to like, <laughs> you know, try to get him away. I'm going to have to, you know, hit him with a broom or something so he runs away. Okay, let me make a counter argument. I think you should embrace the raccoon situation. Wait, why not just have the raccoon as a pet? It seems like it 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 likes you. It likes your house. Maybe it likes your cats. It's not going to like shit inside. Well, it might. Well, I mean, I'm sure you could train a raccoon how to use a litter box. The one thing I will say, and raccoons in are like of kind that, of cute, right? Oh, like they're not, not like kind possums. Of cute. It's super cute. It is like, you know, it, it's like got its little hands, and it's very. Yeah. I mean, this raccoon is very fat. So I it just sent you a picture of a raccoon um, holding a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> well, that's the concern that the raccoon's going to come inside and eat all of my food. Like if it eats a cat's food, that's fine. I don't want it opening my peanut butter and eating it. What if it gets into the Nutella? That's expensive stuff. I, why don't you just put out some raccoon food? Try and like, just try and pet the raccoon. I mean, see what happens if you put if you put peanut butter or Nutella. And let's face it, you should use Nutella. It's it's better. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't use peanut butter. Nutella is the best stuff. <laughs> put some Nutella on a spoon, and bring it out to the raccoon, and see if you can like make friends with it. Well, I'm already friends with it. I didn't even say the most shocking way the raccoon was spotted, which is I hadn't seen the raccoon for like a week. And my house has skylights and the skylights can open up (laughs) because it like lets heat out. You know, there are like screens up there. And so I I walk in the house and I look and one of my cats is just staring up at the ceiling, which is very unusual. And I'm like, what is he looking at up there? And I look up and the raccoon is on the screen door on the roof and just like poking around up there. And look. Those screen doors in the roof are not designed for like to support the weight of yeah, a big fat raccoon. Yeah, they can't support raccoon weight. So I'm yeah. like hitting the, my ceiling with a broom to try to get the raccoon <laughs> off of it so then I can close the skylight. But now I can't open the skylights anymore because I'm afraid the raccoon is going to fall through the skylight. There's just a raccoon that's going to fall into my kitchen. See, here's a problem. You're letting this raccoon run your life. I think you need to dictate the terms to the raccoon. Like... Yes, you can come into our house, but only during these set hours. And yeah, you can you can you can go in the yard near the garage, but not on the roof. You can eat, but only these types of foods that I'm going to put out for you in this bowl. Like you just need to embrace the situation, Dan. I think the problem is with the raccoon, you give an inch and it takes a mile. So I, I think if I started giving him a little bit, he's just going to take too much. The, the hours he's got, though, raccoons, they do not come out in the day. So I've got the, the whole daytime, I've got raccoon free. Uh, but the nighttime, the, the raccoon now, it comes, it's come right after sundown. It's come at three in the morning. Like, it really just comes whenever it wants. I think that, uh, you know, the raccoon might be your spirit animal. You're a night owl anyway. Yeah. Well, that's the one good thing is that I'm a, the raccoon's not. I'm always on a raccoon watch all time. So it's look at this. It is illegal in certain states to keep raccoons as pets. Hmm. You may be you may be breaking the law, Dan. So I actually looked at the law to see what I could do because I was like, <laughs> what if I catch the raccoon 
and then like move it somewhere. It is actually illegal to move a raccoon. Now, you can actually kill a raccoon. That is legal. I am allowed to kill it. I can catch it and kill it. I'm assuming if I do it in a humane way, because apparently the law is like raccoons are classified as like pest animals. But I am not allowed to like catch it and move it because if you catch it and move it, it might spread some raccoon disease from like one raccoon population to another one. So I'm I'm obviously not going to kill the raccoon. It's way too cute for that. So I am base. I mean. There's literally nothing I can do. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to live this. I don't know how long raccoons live, but I'm just going to be living with this raccoon for the next whatever, however many years it is. And it's probably going to get in the house a few times because it's really smart. It's sort of fucked up that, like, if you have a raccoon problem, your only option is to kill it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think their point is a fair point. You don't want to be moving raccoons around. You don't want to be, you know, disturbing whatever raccoon populations are out there. But, you know, kill it. Whatever. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not, a, I'm not a raccoon killer. No, you can't kill this raccoon. It would haunt you. Yeah, it would. I mean, it's haunting me now in living. But if it were a dead <laughs> raccoon, God knows it would be dead. I mean, it's right outside the door right now, just waiting for me. Just don't give it a name because then you'll fall in love. No, I'm not giving it a name. But anyways, all right, that's my raccoon problem. I've finally got that off my chest on the podcast. I wasn't sure if I should talk about it because I felt like, oh, the raccoon's probably going to go away. But now it's been three straight no, podcasts. We need to, no, we need to address the raccoon situation. And, Absolutely. and this one in particular, I, I was delayed going to record the podcast because the raccoon was in my way to like, because I had, you know, I had my like hands full with all of my like laptop and my cup of tea. It was a, it was a big problem. Speaking of which, the drink, Joe. So, Dan, what are we drinking? Now I'm drinking tea, which is not the drink. But here's what we got. Superfan Sean tells us, in the Balkans, Rajka is the poison of choice. Typically, a lot of Eastern European countries, it seems to be a drinkable version of gasoline that will give you next day regrets. Drunk as a shot, this is a drink that is common to b- two World Cup countries, both Serbia and Croatia, which are, of course, wow. Spoiler right alert. near each other. Yeah. And basically, when you drink this drink, as I said, you don't drink it in cocktails. You just drink it straight up. And I did make a feeble effort to look for it, and I could not find it. Though I, it did seem that there were some Bulgarian variants of the drink that I might have ah. been able to acquire, but I, I I don't know if the Bulgarian version of it is similar enough to the Serbian version of it. So Oh no, our Serbian listeners would be like, don't drink that Bulgarian shit. Yeah. So I, I also tried to find it. I went to Bevmo. They did not have anything even close to it. But then as I read the description, I was like, well, you know, maybe it's like uh, anise flavored drink. So I was like, I'll, I'll just pour myself some Zambuca. And that's like close enough. That's sort of, you know, European-ish, it's Greek. Um, you love right? Zambuca. Yeah. And then I looked it up and it actually seems like it's more of a fruity liqueur than like an anise liqueur. So I was like, well, it's not like Zambuca. But then I, I wanted Zambuca. So that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Well, I'm drinking tea, but you it looks looks like you're just drinking it in the shot form. I am. So no, no. And you want to know the Serbian Serbian for cheers? What is it? Ready? Yeah. Dan, you got your tea. Uh, Ziveli. Ziveli. There you go. <sighs> that sounds like it could be a uh, a tire manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Ziveli tires are the best. 
Yeah, yeah, that could be. Oh, 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 spoiler alert, Joe. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, we've got one mailbag this week. This brings back to an earlier episode. This is from our music laureate, Jeff. When concerning the national anthem category, he said he was confused by an analogy you made for a country repurposing an old national anthem being like keeping your song after you go through a breakup. After all, what person even has a song? But this got me thinking, why don't individual people have their own songs? Everybody should have a personal anthem written just for them. And he says, imagine you were locked away in prison and couldn't come out until they wrote your anthem. What sentiments would you tell them to include? Okay, so first of all, what I meant by that analogy, I think I was talking about a country keeping its national anthem after it goes through like... um, after it changes from like a fascist dictatorship to a democracy or whatever. And I was saying that not like an individual song, but like, uh, you know how like couples have songs like that they yeah, dance yeah, to yeah. at their wedding or whatever. It would be like keeping that song after the breakup. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, in a former relationship, I definitely had a song and now every time it comes on, I have to like turn it off. That song is yeah, dead. Totally. Totally. Wait. So what was Jeff's question though? Well, let's go you, back to that. You've locked somebody away in your dungeon Oh, you're okay. telling them I want the Joe anthem. What are you telling them? What are the key components of your anthem? I mean, to be honest, I feel like I don't know if Jeff is fishing here, but I feel like he already wrote it. <laughs> like that's <laughs> what the theme song is. <laughs> it, it, it really is. That theme that theme song is popular not among you, among your whole family. Your children love the song. They just hum it sometimes. They sing it to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think my anthem would be all about my incredible wit. It would be about my incredible achievement in the the aspect of sport. And, Mm. of course, as Jeff guessed, it would also be about how Cristiano Ronaldo and I share the same birthday. He so, would be mentioned a few times, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. A couple yeah. verse. It would definitely be one of the, of the South American variants where we're really going to go on a journey. And I think one of the middle stanzas would just be about how I am great because me and Cristiano Ronaldo are basically the same person. It could be like the Polish anthem where you're listing like things that can't bring you down and things that you'll fight back against. And you could like, you could list raccoons in there for sure. Like we will, we will, we will fight against raccoon infestations, but I can't really fight against. I'm just keeping the raccoon out. Yeah. But the anthem helps bolster your spirits while you're, while you're not fighting. I mean, neither could Poland really. Yeah. Actually (laughs) there would be one of the verses would just be like that super high pitch sound that like is irritates raccoon. So (laughs) if it's playing when the raccoon is around, just to help you with your raccoon problem. So that's what, that's what I need. Yeah. There would definitely be raccoons. And by the way, Happy birthday to both me and Cristiano Ronaldo, who I think uh, our birthday was nine days ago. Oh, incredible birthday for both of you, I'm sure. Yeah, it was great. And happy Valentine's Day to you, Joe. Yeah, I'm glad we're recording on Valentine's Day, Dan. It's very yeah. romantic. And one final thing to note, I didn't pull the audio clip of it, but it's the proof's in the pudding. Joe, in our mid-season extravaganza in the NFL podcast, I predicted the Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl. And I predicted the Eagles would win the Super Bowl. So... I am the great prognosticator. I am one for one in my Super Bowl picks. Let's see if the streak continues. It's still bullshit, though, Dan, because it's not like you did that before the season started. You did that like 10 games into the season when those were the two teams with the best record. 
Yeah, well, that was it. I there were so many different sirens calling for the other different types of teams, and I deftly avoided them. And I foresaw what was going to happen, Joe. And you know what? You didn't pick that. Why didn't you pick that? If you're so great, I think I picked my Panthers to to win it. Yeah, you picked the Panthers over the Patriots, and Joe, you you were dead wrong, and I was dead right. Well, wait. Now, did you pick the Eagles over the Patriots? I did. I did. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's that's pretty good. That's yeah. legit. Yeah. All right. That out of the way. Got so much, so much to talk about. We're only twenty-seven minutes. In. Perfect. <laughs> Rob have, yeah. is loving it. Rob is <laughs> loving out, every minute. Rob's out on the podcast. I mean, look. No offense to Serbia, but if this is an episode, you're like this whole episode is like a super fan episode. Just by listening to the Serbia episode, you're now a super fan. Go to JoePicksPod.com slash International Lounge. You're in. I agree. I mean, I have no intention of listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and you listen to most of them, so that's pretty good. I do. I do. This is this is one that I'll save, you know. You know, we'll just we'll, we'll pull all the highlights from this episode and put it on our best of po- podcast episode. We don't yeah, feel like yeah. recording one. Maybe week. the bloopers. I have started a, a little <laughs> bloopers reel. So oh, okay. fantastic. We got that going. Anyways, let's get into this. We already know so much, but let's learn a little more about this country in a section I like to call Homeland Handbook. The country is Serbia. The name of the people are a Serb, a group of Serbs who are all Serbian. The language they speak is Serbian. The religion, they are predominantly Eastern Orthodox at about 85%, 5% Catholic, 3% Muslim, 1% Protestant, 1% Atheist. The capital city is Belgrade. All right, that's it for Homeland Handbook. Um, as I, I I talked about a little bit in the intro, it's got a very interesting history that I'm sure we're going to touch in on sections in the future, so I'm not going to go into the details of it other than what I did. But, Joe, let's play everybody's favorite game. All the super fans listening to it, I actually do feel a little weight off my shoulders knowing that this is like, an episode yeah. only for the super fans. People are here because they love the sound of our voice talking about raccoons and uh, theme songs. Yeah. And Joe, they yeah. love the sound of you guessing wrong for the chief export. What is the chief export of Serbia? I mean, you did say that thing about tires earlier. <laughs> What's your guess? I mean, let's let's go with tires. Am I driving on Serbian tires? <laughs> no, not tires. But Joe, if it's stupid cars. It doesn't count. The correct answer was cars. It was cars. All right, all right. What's after cars, though? So, if we take out, that's why I thought the tires hint was good. So I actually looked into it, and it, this is a legitimate cars one where they do produce a lot of cars. They have a huge Fiat factory, mm, produce okay. a bunch of cars. Fair enough, fair enough. But they, I, I did look past that. So basically, I looked past all of the bullshit things because they like export a bunch of cars, but they also import a bunch of cars. But they are the second largest producer of a type of thing in the world. So let's see if you can get this. They... There is a category of, of things that, that Serbia produces a lot of. And uh, what, what do you think that is? That they are the second largest producer of a certain type of thing. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's too specific or too vague, but... No, 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 I think it's... Because the thing that they're the second largest producer of is quite specific. Well, look, maybe maybe I'll give you a hint. But the answer I would accept would be quite vague. Look, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint, Joe. Give you a hint. Yeah. The thing they are the second largest producer of, it, over its span of, of time, changes color. So it changes color. Oh. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. I know exactly what it is. Let's hear it. They produce those um, those hyper-color T-shirts that we all used to wear in the 90s that change colors. <laughs> like if they get wet or if they're hot or cold or whatever. Oh, the ones that respond to like the temperature? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe. I got it right. Okay. I'll give an additional hint. An additional hint. <laughs> okay. These things that change color can be put in a blender mixed with... I would say yogurt or something. It's quite delicious. I do it all the time. I mean, is it bananas? No. It doesn't oh. seem like a banana-producing country. It is not bananas, but Joe... I mean, it, bananas do change colors over, over time. Yeah. Joe, I really should have worked on coming up with some creative clues, but look, the super fans, <laughs> this is as mediocre as it gets. This is what they expect. I just tried to do this on the fly, and the clues I came up with were really shitty. But, okay, wait. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. What is it? Let's go ahead first. They are the second largest producer in the world of plums and raspberries. So I would have accepted fruits and vegetables. They are a a huge agricultural powerhouse. I mean, I feel like pl- I feel like plums and raspberries are like the two fruits that don't change that much in color over time. <laughs> like of all the fruits that change color, those are the most consistent in their color. Even when they're rotten, thinking, they're the same color. I was thinking, I was like, yeah, raspberries actually don't. They just become like mushy. But still yeah. right. I feel like plums, plums change color. But you're right. They don't change color a lot. They but just they- get like wrinkly and, and gross. Hey, hold on, though. But I want to I want to appeal to the judges here about my first answer. So their number one export is cars, correct? That's correct. Yes. When you produce a car, you're only producing one car, but every car has four tires. Mm. So I would argue that they're actually, that they are exporting four times the number of tires than they are cars. To, to, to use the same point, they're also exporting like a million times more raspberries than they are tires (laughs) or like, a billion times more corn than any of these. So, unfortunately, the X points are categorized by uh, by dollar amount, not raw number. Uh, okay, all right. Or all right. if they exported, like, sand, then that would really be the top. Yeah, like one bucket of sand, and they've done it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the second part. There are 32 World Cup countries. This is our 10th one, Joe. So if you if you have been taking notes, it should be narrowed down quite a bit. Where do they rank in population? I've already given a hint earlier in the I podcast. I think you and our listeners know I have not been taking notes. Okay. But have you uh, been paying attention? No. Okay. Well, great. No, I feel like paying attention would be cheating. Okay. <laughs> and you know how I feel about cheating, Dan. Um, you do it at every possible moment. But I think that I have an advantage here because I think Serbia is a pretty small country. So I think I can I can safely pick a nice range in the bottom third and have at least a decent shot at it. So I'm going to guess 27. 
27. Let's judges. Yes. Correct. Close enough for, for, for uh, correct. You know, you didn't nail it on the number, but they are the 25th out of the oh. 32nd World Cup countries. That's great for me. Yeah. I, look, a correct answer is a correct answer. The super fans that are listening to this are loving it. You know, when I like do the Reddit ad, I'm not actually gonna like put this episode. It's just gonna it's just gonna <laughs> stick with the other episode. I totally agree with that. Great call. But um yeah, they eight point eight million people and ninety seventh overall, which by the way is w- what I said in the intro, like this is a country of eight point eight million people that has produced twenty NBA players, twenty plus NBA players the number one ranked tennis player, not only the men's tennis player, but also the women's tennis player. Like, that's insane that this relatively small country is producing these unbelievable athletes. Yeah, what's up with the basketball thing there? I don't, like, that's crazy. Yeah, it. I mean, and they're very, like, famous guys, like Vladi Divac, uh, Peja Stojakovic. I mean, these guys were, like, perennial all-stars. Are Serbs a notoriously tall people? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I think they, they, they uh, just based on my knowledge of, of, you know, looking at the, the physique of these athletes, like they do, it does seem to be pretty tall and, you know, they seem to have like sort of like a good athletic build, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's weird. It's weird. I'm excited to talk about the celebrity portion. We're already going to get there, I'm sure. Yeah. I actually, this is, this I think there's some great celebrities. Like, I know all three of the celebrities. And, and the number one celebrity is somebody I like a lot. But, Joe, before we get into the celebrities, let's just jump right into this. S- number one, you don't want a team that's too good. You don't want a team that's too bad. You want to hear about the road to qualification and the World Cup history. Yep. Start at the beginning, the World Cup history. So, as the kingdom of Yugoslavia, they entered in the first ever World Cup, and they finished a pretty nice fourth place so you'll take that out of out of out of like 10 teams though right yeah i don't know how many teams there are i think there were more than 10 but yeah i i know a lot of european teams did not travel but you know the uh the slavs they were like the south slavs they were all in on it. they were they have no problem traveling to uruguay you know they wanted yeah. to represent and and i would say fourth place is a, a great representation um then i wonder if uruguay still feels a kinship like Thank you, Yugoslavia, for coming to our home when so many of your neighbors didn't. Well, I'll have to see if they have any of those, like, uh, sister cities, you know, in Uruguay. And then it's like, this is like Belgrade. But anyways, uh, so they, they didn't qualify for the next two. But again, this is like early going. But then in the in the real hunk of the post-World War II uh, World Cup era, where there were a lot of good teams. And at this point, they become a communist country, the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. They do pretty well. So in four consecutive World Cups, they finish fifth, seventh, fifth, and fourth. So that's pretty I mean, good. That's great. Yeah, that's impressive. Then, and then I think basically since then, things haven't been so great. So they did make the quarterfinals in 1990. So that was good. But basically, since that 1962 World Cup, they basically qualify for about. 50% of the World Cups, they they've kind of have a pattern where it's like, qualify for one, don't qualify for the next, qualify. They had that quarterfinal finish in 1990, but uh, in since then, they have uh, only qualified for half of the World Cups, and they only made it out of the group once. So, 
basically they haven't they they certainly have a history and their history goes all the way back to the first ever world cup but you know as serbia specifically you know once they don't have montenegro anymore once they don't have the the other countries that are part of yugoslavia like i mean i i do wonder if just the smaller population pool has has hurt the quality of the team but you know the team it hasn't been ascending to um, to real high highs uh, since then. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, how can it not, right? When you cut your population, I don't know if it's in half or whatever, like the breakdown is, but I mean, it, and it's not like it has been a conflict-free zone of the world either. So we know that how, like, yeah. how how war and change in, in governments can also impact, um, you know, you know how, how a country does on the world football stage. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, how can it not have an effect over time? Yeah, absolutely. But let's uh, fast forward to this year's qualification cycle. I thought, finally, we're going to get, like, surely Serbia was is going to be one of those second-place UEFA qualifiers that, that gets in on the home-and-home. The home. But no, they are in Group D of UEFA, and their Group D uh, in order from Pot 1 to Pot 6. Their competition was Wales. Then Austria, so those were their biggest contenders, the Wales, which the aforementioned Wales, and Austria, the pot one and two teams. Then they're the pot three team, then the pot four team, Ireland, then Moldova, and then Georgia. So that's their competition. Basically, they do pretty, you know, well. I mean, they don't blow anything away, but in their first eight games, they win five, three draws. Uh, They draw Wales both times, 1-1, and I think they... Uh, have a draw with uh, Austria, I think, but I think they um, they had a, a good win against Ireland and they just beat Moldova and Georgia every time. So they're doing great. In their ninth match, they're playing Austria and they lose. So going into the 10th and final game, the way the standings shake up, they're one point ahead of Wales and they're two points ahead of Ireland and with one game left, and Wales and Ireland are playing each other. So it's basically guaranteed that one of them is probably going to surpass them. So they are either going to need a win, which would guarantee their spot, or Mm -hmm. a draw, Mm -hmm. which basically since the two second-place teams are playing each other, a draw would have almost certainly guaranteed their um, spot in uh, the the second-place qualifying. But with a loss, they'd almost certainly be out. So... Um, Sounds familiar, by the way. And but they're playing Georgia at home, so it's uh, the weakest possible team, and they beat Georgia. But they don't beat them that by that much. They only win one nil, and they score the the goal in the seventy fourth minute. But they score the goal. the The nation breathes a great sigh of relief, and uh, they qualify uh, at the top of the group with a, a pretty sporting six wins, three draws, one loss. The in Group D, the leading goal scorer was Alexander Mitrovic, who had six yeah. goals. The next best uh, goal scorer in the group only had four goals, and one of those was also a Serbian player. So in the qualifying group, Serbia also, this is kind of a little bit of, of style of play, which we don't really get into that much, but they had 20 goals in their 10 qualifying games. The next best country had, was Austria, who scored 14. So Serbia was really scoring way more goals than uh, their opposition. They finished with the highest goal differential in addition to winning the group. So they booked their ticket and, you know, in in style by winning their group. But they get to the World Cup and obviously the 
level of the competition of play is going to step up a notch. So here are their odds in the World Cup. Their odds to advance out of the group stage is 47%. Their chance to get to the quarterfinals is 16%. Their chance to get to the semifinals, 5%. The finals, 1.5%. And to win the World Cup, a little over half a percent, which puts their overall odds at 150 to 1, which ties them for 19th overall. Let me ask you this. Are there players... I mean, what do you do? So you're a player... And you want to play for your national team. But more importantly, you want to play, maybe maybe you're great and you want to play for like one of the best teams in the world. And you know, like there's obviously always like some like, you know, um, chicanery with like the like citizenship where like sometimes a player will, you know, like Julian Green for the US where he's like, well, he's really kind of, he's really pretty German, right? But wanted to play. So he he's playing for the US team. Yeah. And US players do it all the time where they have like some family member in, you know, Italy. And so they become an Italian player. Um, What do you do if you were born in Yugoslavia and there is no more Yugoslavia? Like, is that a free pass or do you have to play for Serbia? Oh, well, I mean, Yugoslavia is now... Comp- like what was the former Yugoslavia is now like five different countries. So I right, assume but you get to pick which one you play for. Yeah, I think sort of, I, I mean, there are obviously different regions of the former Yugoslavia and the regions are very like read, like they're very uh, specific on the types of people that live there. Like the, in Croatia, you find the Croats and in Serbia, you find the Serbs and in Montenegro, you find the Montenegrins. I, I, I don't know what they're called, but yeah, Anyways, I think you sort of like, you know, pick based on, you know, your your family's origin and, and sort of your like tribe, I guess. But are there special rules in FIFA for like Mitrovic? Let's say that he didn't want to play for Serbia and he wanted to go play for Germany because he's pretty fucking good, right? Um, could he say like, well, you know what? My country that I was born in doesn't exist. So I'm going to apply to FIFA to just play in the, in the country that I live. I guess he lives in England now, but you know, whatever. Um, you know, why should he have to play for Serbia? He he wasn't born in Serbia. Yeah, look, well, he might have been. <laughs> he might have been well, born he's in Serbia young, and Montenegro. So, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I think that I, I mean I think based on the way the rules work, if he can get citizenship somewhere else, then he can yeah. just play for the world cup for any country where he has citizenship. So, all right. So, um, on the question of too good or too bad, I mean, look, I, I think the style of play thing you mentioned is great. I think that they are kind of a young team too, in my, my impression of them. Um, and certainly had a good qualifying, but they're probably a little too bad for my, for, for what I'm going for. So I'm going to rate them a little lower, but not not hugely so. Uh, let's say four out of ten. Four out of ten, not a great score on on par with uh, Morocco, but but certainly a, a step back from uh, some of the other teams we've done recently. But you know, granted, I think this team is uh, a little worse than than any of the teams we've done recently. All right, you ready to see what the cards have in store for us, Dan? I'm I'm ready to take a journey. And I, much like I do in most of the podcasts, I haven't read any of this other stuff, except for the celebrities. I read those. So I'm, I'm excited to learn just as much as you are, Joe. Great. Okay. Uh, let's and do it. And the super fans. Oh, Dan, the first time ever. I got the Joker first. Wow. You got it in, in a legal situation. You've gotten it before illegally. 
Yes, I have it now at the right time when I'm supposed to be drawing a card. Now Correct. you could you could have just cheated though. I, I wouldn't put it past you. That's you, you. You know how I feel about cheating. All right, Dan. You know what I want to do? I don't remember the number of it. I want to do our new uh, Emily category of food and couponing. Let's right. let's kick it off with that. Food and couponing. You're and you're lucky. This is category nine, right? It's category five because it, okay. it's it's replacing history with U.S. Men's National Team. Yep, I'm glad. I'm glad we're rid of it. Although it used to be category three for all those super fans who are who who are keeping their own spreadsheets. It's going to get confusing. But people who have those little like baseball score scorecards and those and those tiny pencils and yeah, doing yeah. it at home, yeah. <laughs> well, they get very excited. You know, they write down the order that you pick the things. Right? I mean, the Joker. That's like a whole special way to write it in your scorecard. You know, based on what you choose. I mean, that's Absolutely. the most exciting moment when you're scoring at home when you pick that Joker. It's chaos. I recommend that you, if you don't have those baseball scorecards, use it. Just use a Yahtzee scorecard for it. It works the same. <laughs> Well, they are they are numbers, but anyways, Emily just gets us in in the nick of time. She she just she she realized that maybe we hadn't recorded it yet, and so she says, Serbia does not use coupons except those sometimes given by humanitarian aid organizations to help those in the country. Yeah, that's wow. a new turn in the world yeah. of couponing. For food, the country has a mix of Turkish, Hungarian, and Mediterranean influence. The national dishes include pleskavica. Mm-hmm. The Serbian version of a hamburger. Oof, God, that sounds good right now. Shevapi, which is a skinless sausage, which also <laughs> sounds good, but not as good. Wait, skinless sausage is just a pile of meat. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the skin is what's holding the meat in there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know if it's sausage at that point. I guess it's just sausage meat, which, again, sounds delicious. I mean, yeah, wait, I... You're right. The way I said that made it sound like too much of a criticism. Yeah. No, no look, maybe I think in the sauces, the like casing is the grossest part of it. So maybe they've just t- taken out the gross stuff, put in the good stuff. And the last one is snickla, which is schnitzel. Then oh, my God. Paprika fruit, the red bell pepper, is used in many dishes as well as lots of dairy, especially in the form of kajmak, a fermented heavy cream. Heavy food to keep you full. Prijatno, which is how they say bon appetit. Oh, I like that twist. Okay. Check out that, that picture of the Serbian hamburger. Ooh, it's kind of like a pita bread. It's like a pita bread with a hamburger in it. And then it looks like there's maybe some like onions and peppers on there. That seems great. That looks really good. I actually think that's a nice innovation because it looks like with the hamburger, sometimes I do have the problem, especially when I get a hamburger with tons of food on it. That stuff sort of falls out, especially the back part. Yeah. This looks like it's a closed pocket. It looks it closed also pocket. Comes in like a wrap. Also, you know, it's a thinner bread, so if you're if you're watching carbs, it's kind of like makes it a little bit better. Which I mean, if we're being health conscious, Joe, you got to watch your carbs. Those carbs Who's are not terrible watching for carbs you. these days. Absolutely, I know. I know. You know what? I think this is an improvement on the 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 American hamburger. Next time you make a burger, we should put it. In a pita wrap and see what happens. Yeah. You know, a blue apron, I actually am getting cheeseburgers next week. So and I'm going to throw out whatever buns they give and, and substitute some pita. And, and then you, I'll do a blue apron ad read. If you throw them out, leave them in a place where the raccoon can get them. <laughs> that raccoon. It's, it's gone through the He's compost bin. The raccoon go, go, goes for everything. I mean, that burger sounds delicious. You know, I'm a little bummed by their lack of couponing. But then again... 
a coupon from an aid organization is like a coupon that saves your life. So maybe that's like the ultimate form of couponing. Well, it is. It's 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 like uh, this. It's like free. <laughs> like it's like a one hundred percent off deal. That's true. Which at that point, that's really not to get technical on Emily. That's really more of a voucher than a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to just say that. But in the spirit of a Groupon, a Groupon is often a voucher. So maybe it all works out. I'm going to say, I'm going to I'm gonna dock them a little bit on the couponing, but that hamburger looks looks delightful. So we're going to say six and a half out of 10. You mean the Pleskavitsa? Yep. That's even got a great name. That rolls off the tongue. Pleskavitsa, man. What did you say? Eight? Six, six and a half. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I was looking at that hamburger. I know. It's, I mean, it looks, people should just, can you post this on the super fan page? It looks really good. Yeah. I, I, uh, I haven't eaten yet. So I was expecting us to, to be surgical in this podcast. I didn't realize we were going mean, to do. I defy, we are being surgical. I defy someone. Well, we're to definitely look at this, not being surgical. To look at this picture in the international lounge and not be hungry for one. Yeah. Okay. What's next, Joe? It is category 10. Category 10. Oh, my goodness. Rate the kit, Joe. This is going to be fun. Now, sometimes I get feedback myself in person. I'll tell you. The, the feedback I always get is that people hate the rate the kit section, number one. And number two, they think the national anthems are too long. So since this is super fans only, let's really take our time with this kit. Wait, wait, wait. How does anyone hate the rate the kit section? Because it, it, as an audio medium, I think it's maybe we're not doing a good enough job of describing the kit. I, I don't okay. know. Or maybe okay. people just don't care. Okay. Okay. No, I mean, look, feedback taken and let's just do a better job of describing the kit, Dan. So I'm looking at the Serbian kit. It's red. But it's not no. just red. It's a crimson red. Wow. Wow. And now it's a Puma kit. No, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. No, we're looking at different kits. The one I'm looking at is an Umbro kit. Yeah, but it looks like they changed to Puma for the 2018 World Cup. Oh, okay. Hold on there. Let me. Joe, let me you're looking at old news. Boy, I wonder why everybody hates this category so much. No, no. This is. Breaking news. We're reporting it live here on the podcast, Joe. Puma is the new kit manufacturer for Serbia. I mean, moving from Umbro to Puma is is a huge upgrade. Huge upgrade. So the kit, I mean, this kit is as simple as could be. They've got the two colors. Hold on, hold on. on. Can you send me the kit you're looking at? Because all I can find is this goddamn Umbro kit. But anyways, we don't know what spin Puma is going to do on the kit. But based on what we've seen in the past, based on the Umbro kit, I think we're going to see these similar themes, which is they've got two colors. They've got the bright red. And they've got the white. And those are their two colors, the red and the white. And the red and the white, they both have that big-ass Serbian crest right mm-hmm. on the uh, right over the heart. And, you know, that's it. I think it's a simple kit. So I think and, – and both times – The other times, thing that you're not really mentioning about the kit, though, Dan, is, is the color on it. And now who knows if they keep the color because that seems to, like, come and go. But, but I do like the collared kit because, it, like, you could wear it to a dinner party. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you could wear it to a dinner party, but it, it certainly, I mean, first of all, the collars is not an uncommon thing in the uh, the football kit, but 
Yeah, it's it's a nice looking get. Like this, honestly, could be a polo shirt. Like this, you know ju- what it is? It's it's because it's a white collar on the red kit that makes the collar stand out even more. But I feel like if you threw a sweater vest over this bad boy, you'd be you'd be downright formal. No, yeah, no. If it didn't have a number on it and that crest were like shrunk a little bit so it looked like one of those tiny little decals that they put on polo shirts like oh the crest is boom. is is fairly classy i think yeah i mean i'm not saying whether it's classy or not i'm just saying most polo shirts have a small little tiny little thing that's like maybe one inch high and if you're if you walk into some place with this giant like four inch crest people are gonna get suspicious that this is a jersey and not a polo shirt now let me ask you this dan not to get into too much Argentina territory here, but what what are those four things on the crest? Uh, I don't know. They they could be. No, we should just research this. Maybe this is why people don't like the section where we just randomly talk. Well, okay. First of all, there's a soccer ball in the middle, so we can soccer agree ball. on that. And then there's four. It's not like it's not like most crests that have different things in each of the four like like quadrants to represent different things. This just has four of the same thing facing in opposite directions it looks maybe like a sideways crown or like a very like stylized letter d but then it's facing the other way so then it wouldn't be a d anymore this is the terogrammatic cross of the paulologoi okay yes the so-called serbian cross surrounded by four v v also derives from a byzantine emblem it is almost the same or identical with the imperial emblem used in the byzantine flag during the late age so there you go. In modern times, a Serbian a Serbian folk entomology interpreted the four letters around the cross as a stylized form of the Cyrillic C, a belief which is sometimes reflected in the older coat of arms. So I think it's actually a B, but I, I don't know, whatever it is. I mean, it looks nice. It looks classy. I would definitely wear this kit to a dinner party, though I agree with you without the number. The number is problematic. Yeah, the number, although if you have that sweater on, that's going to cover up the number. Yeah. Uh, let's say 7 out of 10. I like it. Very nice. Next, we're doing Category 8. Category 8, Joe, your favorite, the celebrities. Lay it on me. All right. Thanks to Superfan Karsten. The bronze medal celebrity. Coming in third place is actress Mila Jovovich. How do you pronounce her name? Jovovich. Jovovich? I don't think yeah. either of those are right. No, 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 it is. Mila Jovovich, yeah. This is a bit of a reach because she is technically Montenegrin, but she was oh. born of a Serbian father, and Serbia.com claims her as Serbian. Carson isn't sure if that's a valid resource, but you know what? I, I'm with you, Carson. Serbia.com, that's that's the canonical who's Serbian, who's not. I mean they, they got the they got the domain. <laughs> they they were right in on that, right? Like the thing is, the country was formed like in a time where domains existed. So when they were deciding the name, they also had to check to make sure that they could get the .com. It's true. Serbia may have been their fifth choice, but like you know, but like pets .com, they're like we can't be <laughs> we can't be pets. Like, <laughs> pets .com is taken. Hmm. What do you got? Uh, pets. Everybody's gonna love that. Everybody's gonna come visit us. It's gonna be great for tourism. When I think of a country like Serbia, like whenever I picture the old country, I do picture like feral cats everywhere. So they could just be like, our whole country is just a giant like cat pet bar. store. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, it actually rebrands the feral animals. You're like, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. They're just pets walking around. Yeah, no, no. Like those kitty cafes, yeah. people pay big bucks to go in there and sip tea while a bunch of cats are jumping around. 
And this is go like cu- the whole country. Yeah, go cuddle with that raccoon. It's, it's no big deal. Yeah, well, those raccoons are eating those delicious plums <laughs> and berries. Okay, to make matters more confusing, Jovovich is also identifies more with her Russian heritage, as she was oh born in a Ukrainian SSR. I don't know what that means. Jovovich has done extensive work as a model, appearing on over 100 magazine covers. She has modeled for the likes of Calvin Klein, DKNY, Coach, and Armani. She is most known in her acting role for playing the main role in the Resident Evil film series. The series has grossed over $1.2 billion worldwide. In 2004, she topped Forbes' richest supermodel list, reportedly earning $10.5 million that year. She would have landed higher on the list, but we don't really know how Serbian she actually is. And she was in that movie, The Fifth Element, which I loved. Yeah, I remember. That's like a famous, uh, a famous role of hers. Yeah, and, uh, I think that was like her breakout role. Yeah, yeah. One, one and a half million Twitter followers. Not, not surprising at all. Pretty good. Pretty good. The silver medal goes to a dead man, almost by default, with the nationality up for debate of our bronze star, Nikola Tesla, has crept into the silver spot with over Ooh. 300 patents. This Serbian was one of history's greatest inventors. His greatest contribution was the idea of alternating current. Tesla was the former employee of Thomas Edison, but the relationship did not last and ultimately became a rivalry. The mystique surrounded the eccentric and ultimately penniless Tesla gives him post-mortuary celebrity status from the tiny country of Serbia. Elon Musk's company Tesla is named after the inventor. That's a great celebrity. This is a great list so far. Yeah, I think that's a great celebrity. And I mean, Tesla is just is like like right now is like peak time for like peak Nikola Tesla. Tesla's star. Absolutely. Just not only because of the company Tesla, but like, you know, people are all in on him. And I think people are at this point, I think like Thomas Edison stock is also falling as Tesla. Oh, yeah. No, we're living we're living in a Tesla sense for Cause, sure. Cause, and also he was play David Bowie played him in a movie like who that's like you you have are having a great uh, legacy if David Bowie plays you in a movie. By the way, I fucking love that movie. That I really oh, great movie. Great it's movie. it's one, my favorite of the uh what what's <laughs> that like, guy's name? Oh, oh, um the Christopher director. Nolan. Yeah, it's what it, I mean, it's like top 3 Christopher Nolan. It, it's I think so you going to say it was it was your favorite movie about magicians that came out that year. There were like six <laughs> movies that year about magicians. It was definitely my favorite of those magician <laughs> movies. I did watch another one, but for all those at home, we're talking about The Prestige. Great, great movie. Great movie. And the gold medal. And man, I love this guy. And this was like this was like a slam dunk. The gold medalist is tennis star Novak the Joker Djokovic. But Karsten, who's clearly not a Djokovic fan, calls him the Joker J-O-K-E-R, whereas us Djokovic you know, big fans, we spell it D-J-O-K-E-R, the Joker, you know? Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. With a career grand slam, 12 individual slam titles and over $100 million in career earning, Djokovic runs away with the Joe Picks World Cup team gold medal for Serbian stardom. He's the first Serbian tennis player to be ranked number one. In 2014, he had the seventh most endorsements in sports. As a self-proclaimed extrovert, Djokovic became a fixture on the entertainment-based talk shows, often making the rounds on The Today Show, Leno, Colbert, and Letterman. Oh my god, I didn't know that. These appearingness and willingness to go along with the comedy have made his popularity rise. He clocks in with 8.15 million Twitter followers. And one thing I'm just going to add to this, as a big Djokovic fan, there is a 
tennis ranking system that's like you know the the idiots out there just rank tennis players by counting the number of like grand slam titles they won and just sorting by that but there's another system where it ranks like every time you beat somebody your like ranking goes up and every time you lose somebody your ranking goes down and basically based on that system going throughout the entire history of tennis of everybody who played ever Novak Djokovic's peak which i think was like uh, maybe in 2014 or maybe in 2010 mm-hmm. or whatever his peak was the highest peak of any tennis player ever in history for like a one year period he wow according to the stats he was the best tennis player of anybody who's ever played tennis although that unfortunately that's kind of uh faded a little bit and and now as a you know nikola tesla's like stock is rising uh novak djokovic's stock right now is like plummeting uh, but uh, yeah, but all he has to do is wait like seventy years after his death, and then you know who knows. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be a car. There'll be a car company named after him. You know, thinking about how small this country is relative to the other countries we, we've talked about, it's like a it's a wealth of celebrities. Uh, and I mean, as you mentioned earlier, that's not even talking about the basketball players. It's not even talking. I mean, there are, there are a lot of current NBA stars that are Serbian. In addition to, I mean, it said it's the first player to reach number one. There are, I mean, um, Anna Ivanovic, I, I think, is also Serbian. Like there, and I think there's another well, um, look female now, tennis player who's number one. Anyone whose last name ends in Vich, I'm going to assume now because you have have basically all the celebrities other than than Tesla, which seems like um, I'm sure it was Teslavich when he came to America. <laughs> They just, they just cut that down right in Ellis Island. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. They're like too much. You're, yeah, that's going to look terrible on the back of a car. We're going to call you Tesla. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if it was Teslavich, um, that's no car is going to be named after that. Much the same <laughs> way that no car is ever going to be the Djokovic. <laughs> um, look, I think uh, I'm going to fairly grade them on a curve here. Of like, look, it's not bad for a country this small to have this many celebrities. This is a great category for them. Eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half. All right. Great score. I any lower than that, and I would have protested. And I know you're not like a big tennis fan, but like when you are producing a and and it the thing about tennis is like tennis. I mean, I didn't even know about this talk show thing, but tennis is like a really. It's like a weird sport where after you win a tennis match, the first thing that happens is like a person comes down and like interviews you on the court so like tennis players aren't just they like don't just play the sport but since it's an individual sport there's no helmet or anything they're very much entertainers like they're they're social they're outgoing and you know Djokovic is I think chief among them well and because it's a sport where you're not wearing a helmet it is just you like I mean tennis players tend to enter the like realm of celebrity and the social consciousness more than even like tennis has fans as a sport yeah sure. yeah and i would just really like to note Djokovic was called the joker because one thing he and in addition to his name he would do like comedy bits and warm-ups or he would like uh like uh copy the mannerisms of like under, other tennis players to sort of like make fun of them and it was a big crowd favorite like especially when he would do the mannerisms of like some female players who like had these really like deliberate and uh particular um motions uh, the fans loved it he was very very popular that seems like a very like nerdy tennis thing to be like oh and so and so's backhand is like this yeah the fans <laughs> love it though <laughs> all right next category we got uh category 11 
All right. Everybody else's favorite one, the national anthem. Yes. I actually, this actually is probably my favorite category. It is my favorite. I'm loving this one. Whoever's complaining about this, just, you know, fast forward a little bit if you don't like to listen to it. I know. That's the point. This is great. It's like, so one of the fans who actually does the research, I'm going to not say his name to protect him. But he, so he was like, you should cut it down to the 45 seconds like the World Cup does. Well, like, just fast forward if you don't want to listen to the whole thing. And look, this is the one time in all of our lives, super fans, that we will ever listen to these national anthems. Let's just give them the full version. Yeah, let's do it. So thanks to super fan, fan emeritus, Tony PhD, the Serbian national anthem is Boze Pravde, God of Justice. Mm-hmm. The origin story. Boze Pravde is the national anthem of Serbia as defined by Article 7 of the Constitution of Serbia. Oh, see, this is the constitutional national anthem. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. When it's written in the Constitution, I like that. Written in 1872 as part of a play, the popularity of Boze Pravde helped to have it officially adopted as a Serbian anthem in 1904 after Serbia became an independent nation in the 1880s. Upon yes. forming the kingdom of the Serb, Croats, and Slovenes, later to be called Yugoslavia, in 1918, Boze Pravda was retained as the anthem of the Serbs within the Federation. It was recommended by the Parliament of Serbia on August 17, 2004, and constitutionally adopted on November 8, 2006. Lyrics. It is mostly a prayer. God, our master, guide and prosper. Serbian crown and Serbian race. Lord, Avert from us thy vengeance, thunder of thy dreaded ire, bless each Serbian town and hamlet, mountain, meadow, heart, and spire. Fun facts. Boze Pravda was not the first choice. In 1992, in a referendum, a majority of the people chose March of the Drina as a preferred anthem over Boze Pravda, but the National Assembly deemed March of the Drina too provocative. Which full of fire, mighty force, expelled the foreigner from our dear river. Blood was flowing, blood was streaming, by the Drina for freedom. Ooh, yeah. They went with Boze Pravda. And we will see how provocative it is. For those super fans who don't like listening, skip ahead four minutes and 11 seconds. But for the rest of us, let's enjoy. Boze
Wow, Dan. That was a little long. <laughs> As I was no, listening, look, I thought it's the best part of the podcast. That's a, that's the best four <laughs> minutes of this entire podcast. Well, I mean, we're not setting the bar terribly high here. Um, you know, I will say I like it. I thought it was it it was actually like kind of like jaunty, like sounded nice. The problem was compared to other very long national anthems that we've heard, it like it seems super repetitive. Yeah, yeah. Like there's not you know like you you compare it to uh, you know the Uruguay uh, national anthem, which was long but had like these different like things going on, different instruments, different like like voices coming in, and this was just like the same thing on a loop basically yeah i mean i think it says it's a religious prayer and it did remind me of you know in um the synagogue when you're doing these yeah you prayers, like repeat things a lot yeah yeah it's not like re- there are some songs that have like six words that you just repeat for like three minutes i mean it, it, those religious speech prayers it seems they're very they're not as creative as uh, some of the other anthem yeah. writers have been and they wrote that all before copy paste too. So he actually had to write it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think back then it's like it was an old uh, SEO thing where, like, in the early days of the internet, if you wanted to rank higher for like you know Viagra, <laughs> you would just put the word Viagra like five hundred times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think those speech writers, you know, in the early days of religion, they're like, if we want God to love us, let's just we just got to say it a bunch. Yeah, Absolutely. just say like praise God like five hundred times in one song. Like, surely that will yeah. that will work. The other thing is, okay, and we're going to get to this with the atrocities, but given like the racial cleansing that's happened in the area, you know, a lot of this like Serbian land, Serbian race business, I'm not, not in favor of. Well, I think so. We've got, it seems a little bit like racially nationalistic. Yeah, it is, but they, it is Serbia. Like it is literally the land of the Serbs. Now, I think, you know, where that's obviously running into problems is where there are other regions within it that, like, aren't full of Serbs, and they want to be independent, and the Serbians aren't letting them. But, like... Right. Wasn't the whole, like, war, the whole genocide in the Balkans about Bosnian Serbs killing non-Serbs? Well, I think like, the, the I think situation they think of Serbs was, as a race. Well, well, we'll get into that. Well, Serbs, yeah. Serbs are a race of people just the same way that like finland is full of finnish people who are a race of people and like france is full of french people although france obviously but isn't has that like, a nationality not a well whatever i mean well, i know okay. it's like i a, think the, yeah. the finland is a is a good example like there are finnish people that is like a uh race of people and like you know israel is full of a lot of hebrew people which is a race of people so i, I think saying we shouldn't hate on serbia for being proud of being full of serbs but you know with a, there are other stuff we will correctly hate on later in terms but of i'm saying that like given the sort of like racial purification history it does seem to me like keeping that included in your current national anthem is like a bit of a lack of remorse for that and i would also say like it's constitutional. They can't even change if they wanted to. Yeah, I think you are looking at this in a very America centric way. Like America is not a land of like an ethnic people. Like America is a land of immigrants, but I think Serbia is a country of Serbs. And I think you know, obviously the fact that like 
in the past, and not only in the past, but like even things relating to Serbia have been about, you know, creating these conflicts based on Serbian heritage and like assuming Serbians are better. However, I just don't think at the root of it, like it's really that wrong for a country that's primarily Serbs to be like proud of being Serbs. I don't know. Would it make you uncomfortable if the German national anthem had stuff about the Aryan race? Well, I think Germany is not as like Germany, I think, is much more diverse than Serbia is. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm just going based on the religion statistics, but like Serbia is 85% of that Eastern Orthodox religion, which I assume roughly corresponds to like the people of like the Serbian, Serbian right? nationality. Yeah, so that's, Serbian, like, yeah. that's a lot. I, I highly doubt that any I mean I mean I know the racial composition of the United States and it's like you know no race is like really that much more than fifty percent if that and I'm sure Germany is a pretty diverse place so Germany probably has a lot of different races going but I on would there. argue that if Germany had a stanza about the Aryan race in their national anthem it would be problematic not not partially but but not only because they are a racially diverse country but also because you have to put it in the context of history. Well, yeah. I mean, look, you you make a very valid point that obviously not only is it ha- has it run into problems historically in other countries, it's run into problems in this very country. Right. But you know, I, I still think there's a line. I do, I think we don't need to be overly like. No, I, think I get your point too. It, yeah. No, I get. In I get the it. America, get it. Yeah. we should be concerned about that because America is not a country that's based on a nationality. Like America is a diverse country, but Serbia is not a diverse country. Like Serbia is a country full of Serbs. I'm going to give this national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> this is our our worst episode today by like a massive margin. Yeah, you're, I assume you're going to edit ninety percent of this episode. No, out. no, I'm not. Uh, in fact, just, it's so bad. I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave all of this in. Are we just live streaming this episode? I mean, which I should just post it without <laughs> editing. It's two out of ten. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. Two out of ten. What's next? Uh, I don't know. Let's just skip ahead. Uh, just skip ahead. <laughs> just just pretend we're the podcast listener. We just skip ahead ten minutes and like seamlessly right in the middle of something. Category nine. All right. Now we're going to start learning about uh, this the country a little bit. System of government, head of state. Thanks to uh, super fan fandom Marti Bez and Ryan. Serbia became a standalone sovereign republic in the summer of 2006 after Montenegro voted in a referendum for independence from the Union of Serbia and Montenegro. Previously, Serbia formed part of Yugoslavia, which no longer exists. Back then, the authoritarian communist leader, Josip Broz Tito, kept the lid on ethnic tensions and the Yugoslavian Federation lasted for over 10 years after his death in 1980. But under Serbian nationalist leader and war criminal Slobodan Milosevic, it fell apart through the 1990s. The politics of Serbia functioned within the framework of a parliamentary democracy. The prime minister is the head of government, while the president is the head of state. There is only one chamber in the parliament with 250 members elected via proportional representation. Oh, so there's no upper chamber. So what do they call it? Yeah, I don't know. It's probably some creative Serbian thing. Or unless maybe they just call it the Senate because that's all they got. The center-right Serbian Radical Party dominated the recent elections, which saw, wide, which saw widespread protests and allegations of voter intimidation, fraud, and ballot tampering. In one precinct, President Vucic received more votes than they were registered voters. 
The main issue for Serbia is where to position itself between Russia and the West. Mm-hmm. Its current policy, trying to keep both sides as friends, is proving increasingly difficult, and one day soon it may be forced to choose one side or the other. The decision may have been made for Serbia as the U.S. recently refused a visa to their chief of the army. And who is this head of state, this Vucic? Why, it's Alexander Vucic. Why you might like him, Joe. Pledged to tackle corruption and organized crime. The International Monetary Fund has praised his economic reforms and is bidding for membership into the EU Ooh. while cooperating with get the EU. EU membership. Yeah. While cooperating with the EU during its migrant crisis and took on a portion of the refugees, despite not even being in the EU yet. Why you might not like him. Refused to enact sanctions on Russia following the annexation of Crimea. Previously a member of the Serbian Radical Party and supported the greater Serbian ideology, which desired a unified Serbian state, expanding its borders into Croatia and absorbing Bosnia and Herzegovina. During the Bosnian War in 1995, he was quoted as saying, for every Serb killed, we will kill 100 Muslims. That's not good, because they actually did that. Yeah, and he said this three days after a massacre killed 8,000 Bosnian Muslims. In 2015, he said a statement from 1995 was taken out of context, and it was not the essence of that sentence. What is I? What I wonder what the explanation of like the appropriate context is, other than like saying something that would be terrible for me to say is blank. Yeah, that's. I mean, the quote is: "For every Serb killed, we kill 100 Muslims." Like that's. Uh, yeah, unless he's unless he's like quoting somebody else. Yeah, like, hey, I just heard this asshole on the bus say this. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's a bad look. But, I mean, maybe it's not a bad look. Maybe it's a good look in, um, in look, Serbia. Look, it got him elected, and yeah. I'm sure he, he proudly sings that national anthem. Yeah. Openly and publicly called for protection of a military leader convicted of war crimes, crimes against humanity, and genocide. That was in 2007. Allegedly censors Serbian and foreign media, threatening freedom of speech. Ooh, that's not great. That's not great. He definitely seems like... Um, if not a war criminal, like war criminal friendly or like war criminal tolerant. Yeah. That's not a good thing. No, it doesn't. I mean, I think we're, uh, this, this seems to be fitting in with the broader uh, context of stuff around the world. But again, I think this is one country where like, I think the nationalism isn't necessarily as bad except for where it relates to the parts where it is really bad. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you you know, they did ethnically cleanse a lot of people. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> um yeah, let's let's this is like um and only one chamber of parliament. I mean, that's I, that's got to factor in. You got to take off a point there too. Uh 2 out of 10. Two out of 10. Yeah, without the Upper chamber, who will mediate who will mediate those uh the swine in the uh the lower chamber? Can you imagine whatever country we were talking about last time if they only had the sedum? <laughs> uh Poland? <laughs> Can you imagine Poland with only the sedum? It'd be it'd be ridiculous. It'd be crazy. I mean, again, I I'm not sure if which of the things was doing the good thing or which was resisting the far right, but if it was the Sejum, we need the Sejum. Well, if you it, need the checks and balances. Yeah, if it wasn't yeah, the Sejum, then honestly, fuck the Sejum. Fuck the Sejum. What's next, Dan? 
<laughs> you tell me. Category six. Fan culture. Okay, thanks to Superfan Yannick. Serbia. He he went to the, the Serbian subreddit, but he said he, he didn't necessarily get a bunch of uh, great <laughs> info about his team. He says, the Serbs are very pessimistic about their team. They have a lot of great players, but always underperform. If they win, they just win 1-0. No one is happy about the great talent they have in the national team right now. They seem to mind the national team less and less as viewership and attendance declined over the last few years. Serbian football was described as to have problems with racism and hooliganism. But also, some portrayed hooliganism as a fan value. Drinking a lot of beer and rakija is a good way to stand football in Serbia. Their rivals. Croatia. Bleacher Report crowned the rivalry between Serbia and Croatia as the most politically charged. Yeah, no no kidding. Jeez. In, In fact, avoid a clash between the Serbs and the Croats at all costs. Albania. The rivalry between Serbia and Albania is also very heated. And, of course, don't mention Kosovo. Chance. All the chance he got from the subreddit were either racist or homophobic. <laughs> oh my but he didn't know if that was actually, if that was just trolling or not. So we don't have any, we, we don't have any chance. These fans, I mean, oh, this is like... Even you know, I was thinking this category was going to be great because we're going to move away from the uh, the political history talk, but but no, but no, it was not to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I like that they drink beer. I don't know. <laughs> and rakija. Oh, we really should have gotten. The, they love their rakija, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this fan culture seems like uh, it's it's distinguishing characteristic is uh you know hating countries that they were recently at war with uh slash in the same country as uh and being a little racist so let's say four out of ten four out of ten it was really not going great for serbia i know they had a good start too with their celebrities yeah great celebrities like i mean i think the celebrities actually hurt them a little bit in this category because it's like i know the Joker is is having about a rough last year, but I mean, if you're a Serbian fan, like how much fun is it to see your, you know, somebody from your country just dominate a like a, a global sport like tennis? Like that must be so oh, fun. Oh, I'm sure it's amazing. Absolutely. All right, what's next? Category four. Okay, Joe. Category four. Top player to watch. Right. The top player to watch is Sergei Milinkovic Savic, who plays for Lazio Roma. He's 22 years old, central midfielder, physically strong, good passing, good tackling, and decent finishing. Milinkovic Savic was awarded the bronze ball at the 2015 U20 World Cup, which Serbia won the world title. Wow. Wow, that's exciting. He has only played two matches for the senior team so far, but he is a player that could become a regular soon. Latest rumors link him to Manchester United and PSG. I look Mm. forward to watching him on the biggest stage. In FIFA 18, his current skill is 81, his potential 87. Oh, wow. See, there you go. Yeah, this guy looks great. And I think overall, they have a pretty young, solid team. So I think there's going to be a lot of fun players to watch that, you know, play for big European clubs or will soon play for big European clubs. I mean, a lot of them are Tottenham's rivals, but that's okay. Um, 
yeah, I think this is, oh man, some of these goals are ridiculous, by the way, in this, uh, in this clip that you sent. Yeah, it looks like he, uh, oh, man. he's got some, uh, some finishing ability and it looked like he was taking their, uh, penalty kicks around the, the goal. So that's, you know, that's a big, uh, responsibility. Yeah. A little bit of a speedster too. I like this guy. Um, yeah, let's say this guy would be a really fun player to watch if you were rooting for this team. Especially because, you know, it's always fun to watch a player who's like kind of, you know, it's their first World Cup. They're kind of on the outside looking in. And then, you know, it is an opportunity for like by the end of the World Cup, this could be like a household name. Yeah. Which, whatever, Serbia is a small country. This probably is a household name already. Um, so yeah, let's say eight out of 10. Eight out, wow. It's a huge score. I think you're you're just trying to help. Serbia. I mean, this is like the first positive category they've had in a while. Poor, poor Serbia. I mean, they basically have Sergey Milinkovic Savic and that 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 delicious looking burger. <laughs> yeah, that burger was good. Unfortunately, the only two categories they have left, I think, are bad for them. So, <laughs> well, hey, hey, you know, no spoilers. Let's see where where they're going here. Hold on. Category seven. Okay. Wait, maybe this one will be good for them, Joe. I think it's going to be great. Category seven. Let's. Oh, atrocities. Oh, no. <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> Thanks to Superfan Josh PhD. Serbia. Serbia was once part of a larger country called Yugoslavia, which then collapsed into many smaller countries. This was, unsurprisingly, a messy process and led to a number of wars between various ethnic groups. Slobodan Milosevic, an ethnic Serb, was one of the final leaders of Yugoslavia led the repression of rival ethnic groups. He was later put on trial for war crimes, and while acquitted of some charges, he died while the other charges were ongoing. The overall story of the Balkan Wars and Serbia's war is too complicated to get into, but the most famous example was what became known as the Srebrenica Massacre Genocide. In July 1995, roughly 8,000 Bosnian Muslims were murdered by Serbian paramilitaries. Things improved somewhat when Slobodan Milosevic was forced out of power in 2000, but there are ongoing tensions. More recently, Serbia has opposed the independence of majority Muslim Kosovo, despite the region's independence being recognized by the entire rest of the United Nations. He puts their atrocity level at habanero. Yeah, yeah. That's spicy. That's spicy. Sometimes I think this is a good test with, like, a, you know, genocidal, you know, leader. Do you think... Like clearly, you could not if you had a child and it was a, a son, you could not name it Adolf, like ever. Yeah, Adolf is right? out. Like no one's naming anyone Adolf. You can't Hitler's out too. Well, Hitler's certainly out, but Adolf is also out. And Adolf was like a popular name. Yeah, yeah, oh, a hugely popular name. I mean, I think Adolf was like John in Germany in like whenever he was born, the early nineteen. And I think there were American Adolfs too. Like if if it had not been for Hitler, there would still you would. You would have met an Adolf in your life. Yeah. It, okay. Could you name your kid Slobodan? I think Slobodan's out too. Slobodan's out. Exactly. That's Slobodan's my point. Slobodan's out. Slobodan's out. That's how bad, like, you know, Josh is using the, like, spicy scale. I think my scale, could you name, is that name dead to the world? And I think yeah. Slobodan's dead. I think there are six names we can all put on the list that are all just at this point retired. Adolf, Hitler, Slobodan, then Siri, Alexa, and Cortana. Those are oh, all true. You cannot name. They're out. You can't do anything. I think every other name is in play. 
Yeah. No, I think so. I mean, Saddam is probably rough for a while, but but probably probably not forever. I feel like Saddam. I mean, Hussein is fine. I mean, oh, Hussein is well. I mean, Hussein is too popular. Yeah. In the Middle East, to like, yeah, of course. No, no, I'm yeah. just saying. Even in America, like Barack brought that back. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Hussein's cool. No, no problem. But. Yeah, I mean Saddam, I think is tough, but I, I think you could, I think you could name your kid. Like, I think if some celebrity named their kid Saddam, it would be like hip and trendy. Oh, if it was like Saddam West was was Kanye oh, West, like next kid. That's good. Or Saddam Cruz. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Well, now I mean Siri Cruz, but that was before Siri. So yeah, yeah, Oof, that's a, a problem. All right. Um, yeah, this is this is a this is a this is a half out of ten. Can I just say zero out of – this is a – let's give it half out of ten. I mean there might be some worse ones to come. Yeah. You might want to reserve that zero. And by the way, I actually think Cortana's fine. I think that name really didn't catch on that much. Well, Google is definitely out. (laughs) You're right. Google is out, although that might be like a, a trademark violation. That's true. Although I do like the idea of when there is the trademark violation lawsuit between Western Union versus the Western Union. In the Western <laughs> Union Constitution, they can just write, we don't enforce trademarks against our name, period. And then they'll take it to court. And then the Supreme Court of the Western Union will just be like, uh, we don't care. We're throwing it out. Oh, I guarantee Western Union would embrace the fact. So how do you spell Cortana? C O R T. O N A, C O R T O. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is quality podcasting befitting this episode. Well, I assume you're going to take that out. Okay. I was just, I'm, I'm honestly going to use a light touch on this one, but <laughs> well, take out take out my my trying to I'm trying to see if court if the name Cortana has gone up in popularity or down in popularity in the last year. In the last few years, but um, it has never been in the top 100. But the name Siri, let's see, Siri, what? Siri hasn't been in the top 1,000? That's crazy. Alexa, that actually seems like a real name. Alexa certainly has. But I mean, now Alexa must just be plummeting. Like, you just can't name your kid Alexa. It it spiked in 2014 as the 63rd most popular name. And it 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 plummeted. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it did plummet. In, it did plummet in popularity, but it plummeted to thirty two. So obviously, it's not a ranking. <laughs> wow, what a fall! The name is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it has gone down, but uh, it's un- it's unclear by how much. That's all just getting cut out. That's. <laughs> That's that's going in the blooper reel, Joe. All right, all right. And the name Slobodan is not has not been in the top thousand in the U.S. Unfortunately, I'm all right. shocked. Um, hey, there's only one the, category left, Joe. What was the question? Great, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Rate the group. I, our fans must be so disappointed that the uh, this <laughs> the is disappointing. Was over, and we have to warn them. There's not going to be after this is released. There's probably not going to be another episode for like a week and a half. Correct. That's As you're correct. traveling to a That's non-World correct. Cup country, are you going to? Are you doing any stopovers in World Cup countries along the way? Uh, no, the only stopover is in Canada, unfortunately. So oh, no, not a World Cup country. 
I like those stopover in Canada. Which which airport? Toronto. Oh, that's a good airport. It's a good. It's Ooh. got it's got a really cool like uh, thing where you stand there and then it like echoes all the sounds into you. Highly recommend it. Well, we have a like one hour layover and we have to go through customs, so it's going to be tight. Ooh. You don't have to go through customs. Why do you have to go through customs? It's like a mini customs. It's it's weird. Ugh, it's going to be I'm already stressed about it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, rate the group. So <laughs> we've already been to this group before. Group E contains Yeah. Yeah. The powerhouse of all powerhouses, Brazil. They're the top team, but then we have three other teams that are all basically in the in the same ballpark as one another. So we okay, have so Switzerland, Costa Rica, Switzerland. Okay. We have Serbia, and we've got Costa Rica. So the odds in this group, and again, we we did this before in um, the Costa Rica episode, but just to recap a little bit, Brazil's heavily favored, seventy three percent chance to win the group, eighty eight percent chance to advance. So this is like a dream group for Brazil. Switzerland, thirteen percent chance to win, about a forty seven percent chance to advance. Serbia, little behind them, nine percent chance to win, about a forty percent chance to advance. And Costa Rica is bringing up the rear, 5% chance to win, about a 20% chance to advance. So the way this group is going to shake out in all likelihood is, or according to the betting odds, the, the battle is going to be between Serbia and Switzerland to see who gets out of the group behind Brazil. And it's not quite a toss-up between the two, but it's close to a toss-up. It, it, it's very close to a toss-up. And here's how the schedule works. So Serbia opens against Costa Rica. So that game is essentially a must win or certainly a must draw. They can't go behind Costa Rica. And then the big matchup is game two where Serbia plays Switzerland. So that one, again, is either a must win or a must draw. If they lose, I think, either of the first two games, they are in big trouble. And then the third game is against Brazil. And, you know, basically... Serbia, you have to assume their position is they're either going to be qualified. You know, if they're in a position where they have to beat Brazil to qualify, you know, obviously they're fucked. But, um, you know, coming into that Brazil game, it would not shock me. You know, imagine Serbia beats Costa Rica and they beat Switzerland. They've already qualified at that point. So they can go into the Brazil game and and kind of relax. Right, right, right. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, it's... it's, uh, it's a tough group, but certainly one where where they have a decent shot at advancing. It's also like kind of a fun group from the perspective of there's not one scrub team in there, which is nice. Um, yeah, and as a as a supporter of the Concacaf teams, like Concacaf teams, who the fuck knows what you're going to get? I mean, we talked about in the Costa Rica completely. episode. Oh, yeah, Costa Rica might completely shit the bed, or Costa Rica might make another run. Like you just have no idea what's going to happen. The challenge with them in that first game is that if they lose to Costa Rica, their World Cup is over. It's done. Well, I th- the, the Switzerland game is important because you could imagine Costa Rica wins the first game, then loses the next two. So I think they lose to Costa Rica. May- I mean, obviously their chances are really low. But then they come back and beat Switzerland and then somehow scrape out a draw against Brazil. Like that could do it. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they lose that first it's game. It's they're they're in big trouble. It's tough. No, I mean, I, you know, uh, what did I give this with the Costa Rica episode? You gave it a six out of 10. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty good group. I don't think it's it's the best group. I think, you know, I like the parody for that number two spot. There's not any parody for the top spot, but, you know, you know who cares? What Serbia wants is to get to the knockout stage. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's stick with six out of ten. Six out of ten. So, that leaves one category left, the drink, Joe. What did you think of the drink? I mean, I feel like... I'm going to try and get this by the Croatia episode because now we talked about it. We had, we had two super fans mention this drink in their write-up, the drink and also the fan culture. I'm going to get it. But for now, I mean, the Zambuca is fantastic. <laughs> so <laughs> seven out of 10. Okay. Seven out of 10, Joe. So that puts their final score at 55 and a half, which means their average score is 5.05 basically right down the middle so this is going to be you know right in that gray zone so right now you've said no basically every team less than five you've said no to you've said no to morocco who is at 5.18 who are a little head of serbia uh you've said yes to a team at 5.96 that was sweden but basically you're you've said no at 5.18 You've said yes at 5.96. Serbia comes in at 5.05. What are you going to do? For Serbia, I think the genocide stuff is all terrible and and makes it tough to root for. But the thing that honestly makes me know that I can't move Serbia on is that just thinking about that first game, I'm going to want Costa Rica to win that game. Ooh. So already right off the bat, even if I don't, pick costa rica which who knows you know what their future holds for them in the next round of this competition but like i'd rather see costa rica win that game yeah yeah so uh unfortunately i think we're gonna have to leave serbia behind well joe through 10 episodes 10 podcasts 10 countries 10 teams you are exactly five and five five in five out you're it's amazing you're really you're operating at incredible levels of picking, something you were born to do, really. I mean, you could accuse me of doing it on purpose, but you know I'm not paying that much attention. Uh, definitely. No. <laughs> so now... We should disabuse any fans of the notion that I'm like trying to do half the teams. For our gap, we have a 10-day gap here. So our super fans are going to be really wanting content. We, I think all we have to do to satiate them is with a poll question or some other type of thing. So when we asked the poll question last time, we got tons of responses. Everything was great. Then you did this crazy thing where people had to you know, figure out what that Argentine uh, uh, crest was like. And the response, not, not as strong. I think let's not ask too much of our super fans. Let's give them a poll question. Let's, let's give them 10 days to marinate on it so we could ask something of really uh, – Huge importance uh, for them to to meditate on, to ponder over. Joe, what do you want to ask the fans? This is what I want to ask the fans, Dan. What should Dan do with the raccoon? And I'm going to give some choices. I'm going to give some choices, Dan. Okay. Okay. Option number one, keep it as a pet. Okay. Option number two, murder it. Well, we shouldn't say murder. Because that sounds sounds that that would be illegal. I am legally allowed to to kill it, exterminate it, 
I don't know. That sounds pretty bad, too. Uh, euthanize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With a shovel. You have to add that. <laughs> euthanize it with a shovel. There's no uh, way. I physically couldn't do that. <laughs> Number three, defy the law and move it. I think it would just find its way back, though. Well, I mean, I mean they're they, very they, smart. Let the people let the people decide. Okay, all right. That's it. Those are the three options. No, 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 no. Number four, just let this thing ride out. Don't adopt it. Just, just ignore it. Let the situation play out. I mean, I'm literally going to. I have to. This podcast is not long for this world. I'm going to open the door, and the raccoon will probably be three feet out, and I just will have to walk by it on my way upstairs. Okay, option number five, last option, is to move. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Abandon abandon the house. Dan, Dan, I should ask you, I mean, is there an option that you want to add? Am I missing something? Well, I mean, there's no point in asking this question because there's only one option which I'm going to do, which is the do nothing because that's the only possibility. But it is it is disappointing that the raccoon... I, I mean, one thing that I could try to do is keep the raccoon out, but I just don't think it's possible. Because once the raccoon is on the roof, like, I don't know how it's getting onto the roof, but, like, once the raccoon has access to the roof, like, it can just get anywhere. Like, there's no way to stop it from getting in or out if it can climb on the roof. I feel like there's, like, a Game of Thrones play here. Like, you could you could poison its wine. Well, I did see it. When I was walking by it, it was drinking. I have like, you know, a little um, uh, like a bucket that contains stuff and it was filled up with water, maybe from the last time it rained and it was drinking out of that bucket. So maybe, but it was so cute yeah. when it was doing it. Put some Game of Thrones style poison in there. I think you'd be good. Joffrey it up and they'll just have a dead raccoon. No. Is I there don't... any, is there any Game of Thrones house that have, has a raccoon for a sigil? Well, there, I, I know that in popular culture, the uh, South Park, Cartman, his superhero was the coon. So <laughs> the raccoon definitely has a, has been made into a superhero, at least in, in one bit of uh, pop culture. But I, I don't know if it's in Game of Thrones. All right, Dan. Good luck with the raccoon. Great. Great work. Another great podcast. Classic. This is this is going on the greatest hits. If any super fan has listened this far, I'm sorry. We'll be back in ten days. And and you know what? Before we're all getting negative Nancy about how terrible this is, let's get excited because our next two podcasts are Brazil and Denmark. And I think Oh my god. I think, you know, obviously Brazil needs no sell, but I think Denmark is gonna be pretty fun too. So we've got two great episodes coming up. And, you know, get in your feedback. If you've got Brazil or Denmark-related feedback, you got a long time to get that, that feedback in. So let's hear it. Let's yeah, do let's it. let's load up on Brazil. Brazil Brazil is going to be our Green Bay Packers episode. That's what, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I have some ideas for the Brazil episode that might just uh, shock and awe our listeners with amazingness. It, it, it could be big. Or I could are you not gonna get Are you going to get a Brazilian wax in preparation? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is... What, the first like four words of that sentence where you were going exactly where I was thinking. And then, and then you said wax and it really went a completely different direction. So I might, I zigged when you were expecting a zag. I was expecting it. I was actually expecting a question mark and you said the word (laughs) wax. So (laughs) yeah, but anyways, that's it. We're done. 
See you guys in 10 days. Good night, Dan.